Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <laughs> That's right, David. I can see again, so I'm feeling young. That's right. Um, okay, this story that Care 11 now has out on their website is a must-read. And I say that... Not only because the, is the information amazing, I know it was written by a very talented investigative journalist, Brandon Stahl. Uh, before we bring Brandon on, I want to read to you. I'm just going to read the first paragraph of the story. Okay, this is on the CARE 11 website. As Minneapolis faces the challenge of rebuilding its police force, hiring up to 200 new recruits, it must also decide whether rookies will continue to be trained by officers like Peter Brazo and Alexander Brown. The two were working an overnight shift in downtown Minneapolis in December of 2016 when they ordered an intoxicated man to lay on the ground They where they handcuffed him behind his back to take him to the hospital. The man kicked at them, knocking off Brazow's body cam. In response, Brazow punched, and hand, punched the handcuffed man four times in the head, followed with a strike by Brown. The man would still go to the hospital but left behind a pool of blood records show. The beating was so severe that both officers were relieved of duty. But MPD not only put them back to work, the department also made them field training officers, FTOs. Having cops with records of misconduct train new generations of recruits is all too common for the MPD. Wow. Just take that in because we are in the reckoning now. We are living with the fact that this has been the training of cops, this kind of violence. And we were just saw it in the trial of the three officers involved in the murder of George Floyd. They say that's how they were trained. They didn't know any better. Well, joining us now to share more of his story is Brandon Stahl from CARE 11. Brandon, I'm so happy to have you back on the show. Hi, how are you, Jordan? I mean, I first think that we should spend the time talking about you because <laughs> I'm just I'm just so thrilled to hear your voice again. Glad that people are back. tired of me, my friend. Yes, people are tired of me, old no, friend. This, uh... No, no, no. <laughs> I, I sincerely doubt that. No, and for those who don't know, Brandon and I worked. Of course, of course, Brandon and I worked closely on um, Denied Justice, which was the Star Tribune, almost Pulitzer Prize winning investigation of how the MPD um, investigates and prosecutes rape in the Twin Cities. And as you know, WCCO Radio won a Marconi Award for the podcast that went along with Brandon and his team's great reporting. So, I mean, you've done it again, Brandon. This story on the MPD officers and their training is extraordinary. And um, that's what we're here to shine a light on today. Yeah. So so tell me, what was uh, the impetus for the story? What started you down this path? 
so you know when when all the stuff started coming out about Derek Chauvin and we learned more and more about his role as a field trainer and you know some of the the, the, the two cops who were there with him were also recent trainees but um Tao was also a trainer we started asking well you know how many others with with records of misconduct are also field trainers how many others are teaching the next generation of new new cops some of these really bad techniques and ideas and so what we did was get you know just the the entire as much of a universe as we could to say okay let's first get the list of trainers and we got a list of trainers dating back to 2016 and there were like 400 of them you know a little over 400 and we thought well okay now that we have this list how do we then figure out what, what cops do we think are problematic? Which ones have a history of misconduct, right? And the challenge with that was that the vast, vast majority of cops who have complaints against them have never been found responsible for misconduct. They've never been disciplined, at least not that we knew of. So, like, take Derek Chauvin. He might have had, like, 20, you know, he had 20 complaints against him. But so far as we knew, when the, when when Floyd was murdered... He had no disciplinary action taken against him. So he wouldn't have shown up. Uh, That's a different question entirely. Mm. Because what the MPD often does is say, you know what? We probably think he did something bad, but we're going to call it coaching. We're going to say, we're just going to teach you how to do something better. We're going to coach you. And they say that under our state open records and access to open records, that coaching is not discipline. Therefore, the public cannot have that record. Oh, I see. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a lawsuit about that, which is good because I, 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 I hope that, you know, the this, this city of Minneapolis loses that lawsuit. And the public has access to these records of what they call coaching. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I want to con- then continue down that train before I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I, and you know, you need to interrupt me because I, I ramble an awful lot. So please do. And I think you know that how much I ramble. So please, please, like, say, yeah. So, um, we, you know, we, we do have a list of, of, of about 100 or so disciplinary actions that have been taken against MPD officers dating back five. It's not many, but then there is a, a a citizen journalist by the name of Tony Webster and to his absolute credit realized at some point that, oh yeah, the MPD has an internal affairs unit and they have taken disciplinary action against officers. What the public should be able to have access to are those disciplinary actions. And the MPD in city of Minneapolis said, no, you're not going to get those. And Tony his again absolute enormous credit mm-hmm. sued and got those records so now <laughs> being the enterprising journalist that i was i wrote to the city of minneapolis and said hey whatever you gave tony webster i want to mm-hmm. that was the extent of the journalism that i did for those access of records and that gave me the disciplinary actions taken by the internal affairs department that was the easiest part of this entire of the entire reporting process so again tony webster is awesome um <sighs> Then there was one other thing, and this one actually took a lot of time. I thought, okay, like Chauvin, here's where we might see Chauvin in terms of lawsuits. Because we wouldn't have known about Chauvin being a problem cop until there was a lawsuit filed against him after, you know, he murdered George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, well, 
why don't we take a look at all of the lawsuits that have been filed against Minneapolis cops and see, you know, which ones have resulted in settlements? And let's take a look at those cases. If, if the MPD or the city of Minneapolis paid out based on terrible misconduct by an officer, mm-hmm. let's put that against an, an, a field training officer. And so I started looking through, I think there were a couple hundred suits, mm-hmm. um, you know, just going through the case files, going through the records, trying to just do a quick, not quick, but really trying to see, okay, who were the cops named? What were the allegations? How much did they pay out? And ultimately, by the end of the, I was done, I had a, a database of officers who had been found responsible for misconduct. Mm-hmm. And many? I used that database. Okay. Well, um, but the, the total universe of officers responsible for misconduct is probably a thousand, fifteen hundred range. And I, I but we're ta- talking 20, 30 years here. Right. So I don't have to, but. What I did then was take the, the 400 plus officers who are field training officers, then match that against my database of misconduct cops and found that, oh my gosh, about one in three field training officers had a history of misconduct. Wow. So it wasn't so are you just s- Derek are, are you s- It was. Right, right. Yeah. So, Brandon, are you so saying you here that. That Minneapolis has a history of of or or a tendency, and correct me if I'm wrong. No, no. To take is to the exact ta- word. That's the exact so they're taking right officers. Word. They're taking officers that have gotten in trouble for misconduct and maybe taking them off the street, but making them training officers. Oh no, no! They're right on the street. They are training cops or younger officers on the street next to them. That's what they're doing. So, you know, when we had um, King and, and I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name of the other lane, when they rolled up with, with George Floyd, they were recently out of training with Chauvin and with other officers. They work okay. with them right on the street. So these mm-hmm. field training officers, they, this is literally field training. So, you know, this is how they're getting there on the job hour-after-hour experience from officers who have a history of misconduct. This isn't classroom training. Right. Is this a numbers game? Is this because so many officers do have a misconduct uh, charge against them? And is our misconduct charges, you know, often common in that line of work? Or are these charges that are serious misconduct where the officers knew better? So what we wanted to make sure we were doing is we weren't just looking at complaints. We wanted to see if there was something that we could point to that said, this is a sustained disciplinary action or a sustained accusation against an officer that the city said, you know what, you have such good enough evidence here that we need to pay you money to settle this out of court. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't the lawsuits are different than disciplinary actions. But again, we kind of go back to. The vast, vast majority, and I'm talking like 3% of all complaints mm-hmm. against Minneapolis police officers result in a disciplinary action. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's even less it's, than 3%. It's- yeah, it's an unbelievable story. I want everybody to read it. It's at the CARE uh, website, care11.com. And of course, we don't have, you know, it, we could do three hours on this together, Brandon, because it is fascinating. But before <laughs> I let you go, um, 
today, now you looked at the history, you looked at what happened. Mm-hmm. Have there been, even since Derek Chauvin, even since the murder of George Floyd, has MPD changed this policy where they don't put officers that have disciplinary charges against them that have to have been paid out uh, by the police to people um, that they don't make them trainers anymore? Um, they say that there have been, but I'm not quite sure we can see that with their with, with what they're actually doing. So what they have said is that they will put a quote, a pause on any officer who has a open complaint against them or him or her. Mm-hmm. But ultimately is up to a supervisor, a chief to say, you know what, even though there's a complaint, we're going to put you back on as a field training officer. Second, the person that they just made is the head of field training himself has a history of disciplinary action taken against him. At one point he was fired. He's been named in a few lawsuits accusing him of using excessive force that had paid out fairly significant sums. I think one was ugh, I, I, going up the top of my head, but I believe it was around $50,000. You know, it was enough. It was enough mm-hmm. to say for the city, we we need to settle this out of court because there's legitimate evidence here that you did something wrong. Mm. Brandon, it's an incredibly well-researched story. Again, care11.com, Brandon Stahl. Thank you so much. We will continue the conversation with you. Thank you for the time today, my friend. Jordana, I, I am so happy to hear your voice again. Welcome back. <laughs> it's awesome to hear you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.